Susan May Warren is a Rita and Christie Award-winning inspirational suspense author with over 100 contemporary and historical romances published in more than 20 languages. Welcome to the Joys of Binge Reading, the show for anyone who ever got to the end of a great book and wanted to read the next instalment. We interview successful series authors and recommend the best in mystery, suspense, historical and romance series, so you'll never be without a book you can't put down. You'll find this episode's show notes, a free ebook, and lots more information at thejoysofbingereading.com. And now, here's our show. Hi there, I'm your host, Jenny Wheeler, and on Binge Reading Today, Susan May talks about the adventure suspense that she writes that takes her characters all over the world. She tells how she got started with her writing, isolated in a Russian winter, and about her passion for mentoring beginner writers. To mark Valentine's Month, we've got two more historical romances free to download. Immerse yourself in 1880s Montana with two books from Ramona Fleitner's Bear Grass Spring series. You can get free download of those two Montana romances by going to Ramona's website, RamonaFleitner.com, or you can find the link to that website on our Joys of Binge Reading page for this episode. Check there for all the details. Don't forget you can get exclusive bonus content like hearing Susan's answers to the five quick fire questions by becoming a Binge Reading on Patreon supporter for the cost of less than a cup of coffee a month. But now, here's Susan. Hello there, Susan, and welcome to the show. It's great to have you with us. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. You've got a remarkable backlist there, over 100 published books reaching across 20 different series, and that doesn't include the standalones and the nonfiction, and a range of different publishers as well. So that's a tremendous span of a career. Tell us how all of this got started. Oh, that's a good question. I, I Of course, standing here today, I would have never ever dreamed that I would be here from where I started. And so I started, well, you know, as a writer, everybody has this sort of bug to write. And so I was always a writer. I wrote my first novel when I was 14 years old, but I never really thought I would be a novelist. I was actually called into missions. And so I was a missionary for about 10 years with my husband and our four kids. And we lived overseas. We lived in Far East Russia, which is otherwise known as Siberia. And it was a very challenging time, but a good time. But during that time, I really felt like I was supposed to be writing. And so as I start, you know, I started by writing newsletters and communicating with our supporters back home and this sort of thing. But then eventually stories started to enter into my mind and my heart. And I started to look into writing novels. Now, I was a graduate of English at the University of Minnesota. So it wasn't like that was a far leap for me, but I did need to learn how to write a novel. And so I started writing novels. And of course I started in, you know, with a history, like a historical, hist- uh, historical tome of Russia, you know, like a, a, something I think it spanned, like it started in like 1938 and went to 1985 or something like that. It was like this huge book, but it was fun. And I finished it. And when I finished it, it was like the world opened up to me and I said, wow, I can do this. And so then I thought, let's try it again. So I didn't, I actually, wrote four novels completely before I was ever published. And I wrote them all while I lived in Russia. 
And I wrote different kinds. So one was a historical, one was a historical suspense, one was a contemporary romance, and one was a contemporary suspense. And so, you know, just trying to get my feel for what I liked. Well, that kind of backfired on me, or I suppose it didn't necessarily backfire. But what happened was when I finally sold my first novel, um, that was to Tyndale, they came to me and they said, what else do you have? And so I gave them a contemporary romance series. And then I went home and I went to a conference, a writing conference, and I had some publishers come up to me and they said, well, what else do you have? So uh, then I sold the romantic suspense and then I sold, or the contemporary romantic suspense, and then I sold the historical suspense. And, and so suddenly I had all these different kinds of books out there, like these different genres that I was writing in. And I even wrote a, a sort of, at the time it was called Chicklick, but now it would be called Rom-Com series about a girl in Russia. So suddenly I had four or five different genres out there. And so it was like, you know, sort of, I kind of like, uh, I don't know, casting many hooks into the water to see which one hit, I suppose. And we, we had some, we had success with all of them. Some were more successful than others. And I ended up kind of following that route. So it was kind of a good way to see what, what voice was the best. I have to say that I probably enjoy writing historicals the most because I love research, but I find that my epic romantic adventure are the books that my readers most love. So that's the ones I'm sort of invested in writing right now. So yes, but that's how it got started. The contemporary romance, the romantic suspense and the adventure, they are all quite similar, aren't they? I mean, in the sense that you choose similar settings, they're raw, wild settings, small town or rural communities, and the family and community relationships are extremely important as well. Have you done anything at all in a big urban metropolitan centre? Well, yes, I have. I've written some, you know, in Russia, I wrote a number of books set in an or in a city in in Russia, in Far East Russia. So I had a couple of thrillers set there, and then most recently, I wrote a book with my son and James Rubart, and that was set all in Minis- all in Minnesota, in Minneapolis area. I've also set, you know, other like people will move in and out of big city areas, but I do like the rural settings. I like the small towns. You get to know people, you kind of invest in the people. And I think our nation is really made up of small towns. I mean, we do have big cities, of course, but a lot of people, you know, long for the nostalgia of small towns. And so that becomes a really great place to set a book or a series because you get to know all the people in that town. And I really love to, you know, build those little towns where people can kind of escape to. Yes, yes. We like to focus on some of the most recent books. And You've got a new series just started, the book Sunrise, book one in the Sky King Ranch series, and it's very much romantic adventure slash suspense set in Alaska. Your characters often have military backgrounds, and that's the case with the three brothers that are launching this series. Tell us a bit about that. Do you have a military tradition in your own family that you're drawing on there, or where does that come from? Yeah, well, of course, I'm I'm a patriot, and I really love my country. And I really love the, I really am, am grateful for the sacrifice of our military to, to grant us the freedoms that we have. But yes, in my past, we have, so my husband was in the army and my son is in the Navy. So we have also that military connection. We never, my husband and I never served, he never served active duty when we were married. He had, he had finished and was on reserves by that time. So that was, but I was still aware of that. And then of course my son is active duty right now. So, but I, I just feel like there's a patriotism a heart of a hero 
for men and women, both that serve in the military, and I have a great respect for them. So I, I do enjoy writing military heroes or ex-military, former military heroes. And heroes. also they, they often are in helping professions like the helicopter pilots running rescue mm-hmm. missions or medical teams. That also is a very strong theme that comes back again and again, doesn't it? The serving of other people. Yes, very much so. I when I was thinking about writing suspense, there's a few different routes you can go. One is, of course, like FBI or, you know, sort of the CIA or, you know, sort of uh, a police kind of uh, series and stories. But I tend to like the survival stories, the ones where, you know, it's man against world. And, I, and I'm really intrigued and impressed by people that put themselves out there for other people and that servant heart. And so I started years ago really looking into what makes this what makes this kind of hero you know who who is this person that would then you know brave mountaintop to go and save you know a couple of people that are stuck up there you know put their own lives on the line so just trying to get inside that kind of person and that head and then build uh, a series about these kind of people they're really in my opinion true heroes and um, I like the idea of of kind of pitting yourself against nature and elements and this sort of thing, as opposed to running from bad guys. Although I do have those kind of stories as well. Yes. And Sunrise very much fits into that that genre because you've got three brothers, Ranger, Colt and Dodger. They're initially, their family life is ruptured by a disagreement over a girl, a rival, rivalry <laughs> over a yeah attentions of a girl. And in yeah. Sunrise, that first book, that disaster is... Well, it's probably restored and forgiven, and the Alaskan environment plays a huge role in it, but they are very much out there as helicopter pilots and medical teams supporting people. And I wondered, have you spent time in Alaska? Because the Alaskan thing comes through very strongly. Thank you. Yes, I have. I uh, lived in Alaska for a short period of time uh, when my son was born. So we were in Russia, but we couldn't have him in. We decided not to have a baby in Russia. So we flew to Alaska and we lived there for a number of months while while we waited for him to be born and then afterwards. So I was there. I was there mostly during the Russian winter, like September um, through November. And then and then later on, we came during the springtime and then we were there for the summer once. And so we've spent considerable time in Alaska, more than just tourists, kind of living the life there. And then we have a lot of friends that live in Alaska. Too, so I kind of pulled on them for information. But I'm I I love Alaska. It's so rugged and beautiful, and I think it fits sort of the character of some of my stories, or rather, it fits the the setting fits the character of my characters. If that makes sense, they're sort of rugged and wild, and they do their own thing, and yet they I have a beauty to them, and um, yeah. So I'm I'm very much in love with them. Sunburst. The second in that series is due out next year, I think, and that one <laughs> you move it to Nigeria, and the brothers are. Um, battling against a terrorist organization then. So that's a complete change of pace and location, isn't it? It is, although I do keep them, I do have them come back to Alaska. So, you know, I try to keep that ranch central. One thing I love about this series is that it's really very much of a trilogy. You have the ignition, you know, you can read them, you could stand alone with them, but it is better read as a trilogy. So the first one really is about Dodge coming home, dealing with the past, moving forward and kind of, you know, dealing with, we set up the ranch, we set up the life, we set up what's going on there. In book two, in the end of book one, something happens. And in book two, his second brother, Ranger, 
enlists him to help their third brother, Colt, who's been taken by terrorists. Again, the story is not necessarily about bad guys running after, you know, and shooting and this sort of thing. It is very much a survival story because Ranger gets separated from his team along with the the heroine and they have to survive and make their way back to their team. So it's about how they survive. It's a very fun story um, set in Nigeria, like I said. And I worked very closely with my daughter-in-law, who's from Nigeria, to create the setting, the food, the culture, and all the things in, in there. It was very fun to work with her on that. So again, I've never been to Nigeria, but I've seen it through her eyes. And she was very meticulous in helping me get it right. So I'm very grateful to her. Wonderful. Now you must you're a real series expert, obviously, at this stage. Mm-hmm. How do you go about setting up a series? Do, how much plotting ahead and outlining do you do ahead of time? And do you know at the beginning how many books you're planning to have and that kind of thing? I do. Uh, so there's a difference between a series and a collection. A collection, it can be any number of books that's set in the same town, and it can just be like a story about these people and a story about those people or a story about a family or whatever, and they're just in this collection, right? And and you can add as many books as you want. So I have the Deep Haven collection. I also have the Christensen family, and that's a series, but more of a collection because you can add books because we're just continuing on with their lives. In a true series... Um, or a trilogy, you have an arc. And so you have a a story arc where you have something that happens at the beginning that sort of ignites a problem that then you're carrying through and morphing and building on throughout the whole series. And I do plot basically what happens in those. I plot the big stuff for that. And I know in book one, this is what's going to happen. In book two, they're going to find this clue and, you know, deal with this issue. In book three, we're going to have another problem that's ignited and, you know, and, and, you know, sort of go off course on book four, you know, I kind of usually do either five or six book series. And so I plot them all ahead of time in terms of the big story arc. And then I kind of, and then I go and of course you have to have the story plot. So you have to have the series arc and then the story arc. And so the story arc is also, you know, plotted. And generally speaking, I know what's going to happen, but it does, the story plot does kind of morph as I write the stories, as I meet the characters, as more things happen, as I discover more issues. So the series arc usually stays very much intact, but the story arcs might be a little bit different as we move forward. But generally speaking, I kind of know what what's going to happen in the whole series before I write it. I'm a very much of a plotter. I like to see the future so I can see whether or not it's going to work or not. Sure. You mentioned your husband and I was intrigued to see that you do have a detective series that that he has co-written with you. How did how did that collaboration get underway? And it is slightly branded differently from the books that are there under your right. own name, isn't it? Yeah, and actually it's not my husband, it's my son. Oh, sorry. So, um, oh, okay. No, that's sorry. All right. <laughs> <laughs> my husband is, uh, to be clear, my husband is not a reader. He doesn't even read my books and so <laughs> he's he's occasionally listened to them on tape but he loves he's willing to listen to me plot so he's a hero but the real genius is my son he and I and my good friend James L. Rubart conceived of a time travel series together. And I'd been wanting to write a time travel series for some time. And Jim and I have, you know, we're good friends and we also love time travel together. And we actually love the same time travel book. And so from there, we kind of came up with a series idea. And David stepped in as what we call the Time Lord. He met, he made sure every piece of timey, wimey timey <laughs> was right, you know, like all the, 
everything was intact. When we changed something in the past, the future got changed and then that affected the past again. And he kept it all straight for us. And so he was he was very integral in kind of corralling these two creative minds and keeping everything sort of linear and straight. So it was fun. It was we decided to do a pen name because it was all three of us and we couldn't figure out whose name to put on the cover first. <laughs> so we ended up doing a pen name. Our names are on the covers, but we do list them under David James Warren, which is really fun. So I, I don't have my name in there because we felt like it was. So the protagonist is a man and he's it's first person and it, it's he's got a kind of a masculine voice, of course. And so I didn't really put myself as the lead author in that because I'm sure people would think, well, what is a woman doing writing a man's POV? I, I know men write women's POV all the time, but I think that there's a question as to whether or not women can write men's POV. But I did write it. I was the dra- I was the drafter on it. And then I sent it to Jim and he would fix all the, the girl stuff. <laughs> Anything I said that was too girly, he'd be like, nope. <laughs> so, anyway, we, we were a good team. It was really fun. He is fantastic. And then he voiced it. So that was fun too. We, we had a narration that went with it and he did all the audiobooks and, and they're fantastic. Oh, that's wonderful. And that's not the only collaboration you've done. I noticed that mm. at least in some of the recent Deep Haven stories, you have a shared collaborator author with you there. And I, I wondered if it was a weenie bit like the James Patterson model of having almost a studio. Is, is that kind of the way you're going at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, that's so I started a company called Sunrise Publishing. And what we do is we take lead authors like me, someone who's established a world, and we partner them with what we call draft authors or aspiring authors who may or may not have been published, but have great talent and skill and are just looking for a home and maybe a little bit of guidance. And so then the lead author helps to, takes an established world that they have written about. And then the draft authors work with the lead author to create stories. And in and just for clarity, I actually didn't write the books. I had my I edited them. I had a strong hand in creating them. But the authors are like for my series, it's uh, Rachel Russell and Andrea Christensen and Michelle Alexson. And they actually wrote the books. And then I came on as a an advisor. I did do quite a bit of editing and helping them. But the the goal is for readers so I'm not writing in that series right now. So the goal is for readers to have more books in that series and also to help some new authors find their footing. And it's been a, a really successful uh, first year for us. We were really blown away by the reception of readers. They were so thrilled about it. And the quality, the writing is really good. You know, of course, we really work them. We call it the Navy SEAL bud camp, where you know, it's called the buds of writing, because <laughs> these authors really get put through the, the ringer. You know, they, they come and they meet with us for a week and we help them with their story concept and plot the whole thing. And then they have to send us a synopsis and then a first chapter and then the first three chapters and then the book. And then there's a rewrite and then usually there's another rewrite and there might even be a third rewrite and then there's editing and I mean it's just a lot of work and but they have really it's it's like I said it's boot camp because they really progressed quickly and all of them have such amazing talent and so we have now six lead authors and we're about ready to announce our seventh and so we have actually six seasons of authors that are coming out so we're very excited our next lead author is Lynette Eason and her series is coming out this next year so with three very talented writers so we're very excited about that so but it is very much the james patterson model of publishing 
Yeah. And so that happens with the Deep Haven series. Is there any other series particularly that's working with, or is it mainly Deep Haven? Well, I, that, I was the lead author for Deep Haven, so we're doing that series. And then oh, okay. Lynette Eason is, yeah, and then Lynette Eason is doing her Elite Guardians series. And so her authors have picked three more Elite Guardians that they're doing. And then we have a season, a series with Trisha Goyer with her Big Sky Montana series. And so there's three authors that are writing in that series. And then Rachel Hauk has a series and she She's got three authors writing or four authors writing in her Heartspend collection. So it's each one of them has their own collection and setting and their own authors that they're nurturing and helping grow these books. Great. I see. Wow. This, the sky is the limit with that, isn't it, really? <laughs> it is really fun. And the key is finding the right lead author. We've been so blessed. We have amazing lead authors. And did that partly come out of your work originally in coach, helping to coach writers is that partly a natural development from that work oh for sure i you know <clears throat> excuse me I run a school for novelists called novel.academy and for years i wrote i had a coaching service and i have written a number of books on how to write a romance how to write a novel you know this sort of thing and i just felt like you know, I was training up all these authors and just taking the next step with them would be to actually bring them to publication. But I couldn't do that with everyone. And so, you know, I had to figure out how to do that correctly. And and so, you know, take, making a separate company to do that. And so that people that joined Naval Academy, you know, it wasn't, it was not a prerequisite to, you know, if you're publishing with us, it's not a prerequisite to belong to Naval Academy, although it does train people and we have what we call blind auditions. So we actually don't know who's auditioning, but I have noticed that many of the people that have auditioned and gotten slots are Naval Academy members because they've been trained how to write. So that is a good, a good marriage, but it's not required. And we do keep it separate. But it, for me, it is a way to kind of finish the race. You know, I've started with, you know, teaching people how to write and then to actually bring people into a place where, we, where they're getting published is very exciting for me. I love to see authors' dreams come true. This is the joys of binge reading. We're taking a quick break. We'll be back shortly with Susan May Warren. If you love historical mystery series, take a look at Jenny Wheeler's Of Gold and Blood series set in colourful California of the 1860s and 1870s. Dangerous Desires, book 10 in the series, is due out next month and is available on pre-order at the special launch price of $1.99 now. It's set in San Francisco of 1870 and Hector DeVille feels ready to let go of the reins. After a ruthless climb to the top, the California senator figures it's time to enjoy life with his reunited family and leave a lasting legacy. But his idyllic dreams shatter when a callous blackmailer threatens to drown his present reputation in a quagmire of past scandal. Dangerous Desires can be read as a standalone mystery, but if you want to start at the beginning in book one of the series, Poisoned Legacy, it's available on Jenny's Books website for free. Check it out, both Dangerous Desires or Poisoned Legacy, at jennywheeler.biz. That's dub dub dub. JennyWheeler.biz. And here we are, back from our break. Here's Susan May Warren. You say that your coaching clinic is to, quotes, help storytellers who want to change the world create successful, lucrative careers. And right. I wondered, if there is there one main plank that a beginner writer needs to be aware of or build on to have that outcome. Is there? Well, I think that, 
you have to you have to know how to tell a story. So you do need to know structure. You do need to know how to create a character that is living and breathing. So the fundamentals of writing is very is very important. And then you kind of need a strategy. So I always say that writing um, a novel or actually the, the key to success is quality, quantity, quickness, right? So you do need to have good quality books. That's the first thing. So you need to know how to craft a great story. And that's where a lot of people struggle. They, they struggle with plotting or they struggle with characterization or emotional layering or, you know, pacing, any of those things. So getting them to learn those things is the first thing. So quality and then quantity is teaching them how to create more than one. And so how do you take a, a, a novel and build on it to create a collection or a series or more standalones or whatever? And then the third one is quickness. And so we are all about time management. How do you create a lifestyle that is leaves room for writing? How do you build a career? What kind of what kind of priorities and habits do you need to have in order to be a successful author? So and we we couple that with we have a planner, a special planner for people. It's called my brilliant writing planner and it helps people align their values and their joy and what they want to do, their strategies with you know, sort of productive habits and helps them get that story and then build that career, really. Bring it back to you and your personal writing career. What would you say is an ideal working day for you? What what plan do you work to? So I have what I call uh, writing blocks. So I have writing block times. And so my week is separated into five days of three to four blocks of my day. And so my early morning block, which is sort of my prep time. And I have like, I would, I call miracle morning. If you know anything about Hal Elrod or, you know, he, yes, he I've heard of that. Yeah. 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 So I have miracle morning and then I have my first block and it may be a writing block or it could be a marketing block. And then I have two more blocks in my day. And a lot of times those are writing blocks. But what I do is I, um, Generally speaking, Mondays are my business days and I'm working on my, you know, doing stuff for my companies. And then Tuesday and Wednesday are completely writing days and I shut off my email, my phone. And and, and so after my morning, my miracle morning, it's all writing. So I usually write about 5,000, 6,000 words on those days. And then Thursday morning, I usually write. And then Thursday afternoon, I have, I prep for a class that evening that I always teach on Thursday nights. And then Friday, I call it my free day. And my free day can be anything. It could be marketing. It could be writing. It could be taking a walk with a friend. You know, I just, you know, it's just my free day. So my goal is about 15,000 words a week. Sometimes I get to 20. Sometimes I'm just, you know, I don't have a lot going on with my businesses. So I can just write on a Monday afternoon, I get to 25. So it just really depends. But my low production or my standard production is 15,000 a week. And so how many books a year do you aim to, to get get through? I usually write one big one, at least. So 100,000 words. And then I might write four or five smaller ones around 50, to 70,000 words. And then, and I just kind of balance that between trad and indies. I'm a hybrid. So I have, I leave my nice big, you know, you know, books that are, I consider like you sink into and you just devour like the big ones um, for my trad publishers. I, those are kind of the trad books. And then I leave the smaller books, which are fun and quick and something you can read on a Saturday afternoon. I leave those for the indie ones. And so, and so it kind of works out because you'll write, I'll write a big, nice, thick book about a family and their adventures and this sort of thing. And then maybe I'll write the smaller books will be about the people they've met in the area or maybe another little family or maybe some events that happen, something like that. But all of them mesh together to for one solid package. And I call it the Susie verse. I have all of my characters now throughout all my series are connected in some way. So that's really fun. So if you've, you know, you're reading a book, you might 
a character might walk on from another series. And, you know, Susan May Warren fans will go, oh, I see, I recognize them. I know who they are. And it's kind of fun to catch up a little bit and see what's happening with those other with these other characters. So that's kind of a treat that I like to give my readers is to see and connect with old characters and kind of catch up with them a little bit. And give them a little surprise. <laughs> right, exactly. How did your life experience before you started on this amazing career help help you get it started what were the things you'd learned that fed into the success well I was a, like I said I was a missionary in Russia so I had a lot of um things that happened my early books were taken were taken from actual events like we had a murder in our city of a couple of missionaries and so I wrote a, a thriller about two missionaries that were murdered and I lived in the north woods in Minnesota for a long time and so we had a lot of hot shots and firefighters and search and rescue and that sort of thing up there because we lived near the Boundary Waters canoe area and we had you know catastrophes that happened I was a skier so I used to love to ski and we'd have all sorts of things that happened from there I'm just a kind of an adventure person. I'm a scuba diver. I do a lot of adventurous things. And so you naturally run into, you know, rescue divers and people like that that are in the area of rescue. And and then I started making friends as I started to go along with people that were in the rescue fields. And I started to be able to ask questions and attend events and things like that and learn a lot more about them. Yeah. And so and I've never, I've never Actually, I've been in a couple of situations where I've had to rescue people, but nothing, you know, not on a team or anything like that. So that's, but I have done a lot of the things that I've written about, even jumping out of a plane. When you began, what was your key goal when you started out? I mean, did you have any idea that you'd reach this level? <laughs> no. Not even I hope. I I was a missionary and I felt called to write some books. And so I wrote, uh, like I said, this history of Russia, this tome that we ended up using as a high chair for the kids. And then I wrote, you know, a thriller and then I wrote a historical and then I wrote a contemporary. And I was just like, I was just kind of all over the place. And then when Tyndale um, launched me, my first contract was with them. Uh, it was rom contemporary romance. And I was like, oh, okay. But I still planning to go back to Russia and as a missionary. And then those doors closed and my career just took off. And I kind of, you know, people have said, well, did you plan any, any of this? And I said, no, I just walked through open doors. I am, I plan a little bit more now because I know sort of what my readers want. And I'm looking forward to, you know, giving them this particular series or, you know, having them meet these particular uh, characters. But I don't, but I still am the let's walk through the open doors. I'm still a person that I like. I can take risk. It's not a problem for me to just be like, hey, let's just try this. And I don't know why. I just have always been a risk taker. So I just kept walking through those, you know, pursuing those opportunities and just kind of ended up here. <laughs> so that's kind of how it works. It's wonderful. Look, this is the joys of binge reading. We do like to tap into what you are liking to read or have read in the past, and particularly yeah. in this area of popular fiction and the binge reading. Your books, a lot of them very much would lend themselves to being that mm. kind of series mm. binge read. Somebody reads book one and wants to go on with the rest of the trilogy or the collection. What do you like to read and what would you like to recommend to our listeners? Mm, okay. Well, let's see. First of all, let's off some of my favorite authors. I'm a Melissa Tag author or a fan. Melissa Tag is a great, actually, she was one of my students and she's just taken off. She's got some wonderful series set in Iowa. 
Um, and she's just got a new book out, Autumn by the Sea, I think it's called. So she's a fantastic author. And if you just want to read her Christmas stuff, she's got this collection called One Enchanted Christmas. That's just delightful. So I really love her books. Um, huge fan of another author I've taught, which is Terry Ferris. And she has a small town series too called Heritage. And she's written about five books, I think, but all again in this collection. Rachel Hauk is, is I love her stories. She's more of a standalone author, but she's got this princess royal series that I really love and I'm waiting for book three on it but it's fantastic I'm also a huge fan of Ronnie Kendig I just kind of devour everything she puts out I love the way that she writes and can't get enough of it so I really do and she writes military heroes so for me that's a real win I love the military heroes you know like Melissa Tag and Terry Ferris write small town and oh Lisa Jordan who writes love inspired she also writes small town so I really love those and and then I really love the fantasy Rachel Hauk has a spiritual depth to her that I really love so I, I enjoy reading hers for historicals I love Lori Benton she's really an incredibly talented author and I, I just love everything she writes Let's see what else have I been reading um <laughs> I think that's about it in terms of recent oh I'm reading a James Hannibal series right now the first one is called the Griffin Heist and the second one is called the Paris Betrayal and that's really really good too and oh and I've just started a Natalie Walters book called Lights Out or something like that and she's an up-and-coming author so these are kind of some of the authors that I'm reading right now and really enjoying but there's so many I mean I I give me a Jenny B. Jones book and I'm so, so happy for the weekend you know it's, it's great so anyway yep that's kind of where I'm at that's great that's that'll keep people going for the next year looking yeah. down <laughs> back the t- looking back down the tunnel of time is there anything looking back that you would want to change you know I I do think it's okay so there I'm I I wrote all over the place and the, which I said, the, the wisdom is to just find a one genre and really own that genre and sit there and be really, really good at that. And I think there is a lot of wisdom in that. For me, I like, I think my writing was stretched and grew because I wrote in different genres. I don't think it gave me as much success as I could have had if I had just been like, okay, I'm only writing contemporary romance, but I did like finding my voice and and stretching myself. So it kind of depends on your goals. I think that I would worry less about marketing and some of those things. And I would spend more time on just building those, that newsletter relationship with my readers and um, putting out the books that they've loved. I've sort of started to do that in the last seven years and just really enjoyed digging down into those books that they love and giving my readers what they love. And I stopped looking at bestseller charts and, you know, this sort of thing. I, I mean, yes, I still land on the bestseller list and that's nice, but I stopped looking at those as a measure of success. And I've started looking at do my readers, are they delighted? Do they feel like they've gotten something for, for their time and effort? Do they, you know, do they send me a note and say, yeah, I really love this? I mean, to me, that's, I'm never going to be someone that, and no one's ever going to read all my books. Like the whole world's not going to read all my books, right? It's, it's you know, I'm not the Bible. Right? So <laughs> I'm, I'm one little tiny author in a mess of thousands of authors, millions of authors. And my job is just to write the very best book I can, for my readers and give it out there and, you know, just let it be. And so that's kind of what I, that's how I view success is just, have I done my very best for today? I don't have a lot of regrets. I don't look back and say, oh, I wish I'd done something else. I don't, I don't have that. I really have a, I really have written 
according to my values. I've lived according to my values. And I feel like I've just let success be defined more by, oh, have I done my best? And do people enjoy the stories? And I kind of leave it at that. That's lovely, Susie. That is. You obviously enjoy interacting with your readers. Where can they find you on and offline? Yeah, so I'm pretty active on Instagram and uh, Facebook, but I'm, my home is, of course, my website. And if you go, if you sign up for the newsletter, you do get a free book, but you also, I do try to send out a newsletter about every three weeks. And that's kind of a chatty sort of, here's pictures, here's what's happening, here's the books, you know, and it's kind of fun. And then people, a lot of times I'll get quite a bit of reader mail back and I try to answer as many as I can. So it's kind of fun. I build relationships with readers that way. And so I really enjoy that. But otherwise, yeah, I'm on Instagram and Facebook too. So that's wonderful. Fantastic. I'm absolutely in awe of what you've achieved. It's marvelous. (laughs) Thank you. Thanks so much for being with us today. Oh, thanks for having me. It's been so fun. So that's it for today. Next week, we have as our guest, award-winning author Isabella Maldonado who wore a gun and a badge for more than two decades in real life before turning to writing about crime. Her spine-chilling thriller, The Cipher, is being turned into a movie starring Jennifer Lopez. So tune in next week to hear all about her switch from frontline policing to writing. You can find the show notes for this episode on the website, thejoysofbingereading.com, and extra bonus content at patreon forward slash the joys of binge reading we love to hear from you so give us your comments and suggestions keep in touch through our facebook page i'm looking forward to sharing isabella's story so join us again next week in the meantime thanks for listening and happy reading